Welcome to Ghoul's Night Out with your hostesses, Brandy and Jody. Hello, beautiful ghouls. Welcome. This is Brandy. I'm here with my sister, Jody. Hello. So I have some embarrassing moments. Okay. Says I was working at a, as a dishwasher at a fairly popular Italian ch- restaurant chain. You only have to, so much downtime every shift, so I took advantage of a short five-minute break to use the restroom. I put toilet paper down around the toilet as usual, and when I finished, I returned to my workstation. Well, over the course of the next 30 minutes or so, I noticed lots of people laughing at me and whispering about me as I passed. As a dishwasher, you're constantly restocking the cooking line with dishes, so I probably made about 10 to 15 trips around the back of the restaurant in that 30 minutes. Eventually, I came to the realization that I had a string of toilet paper flapping out of the rear of my pants the entire time. It was so long that it was literally dragging on the ground behind me. (laughs) Okay. You can't tell me that that person did not have a friend that would tell them... (laughs) I, if I saw someone, I would tell them. Well, people are assholes. So that's so embarrassing. (laughs) Yeah, it is super embarrassing. Okay. Next one, I worked as a graphic designer and copy editor at a travel company. I'm also most fortunate to have a head bereft of hair, a key point to remember. When my first daughter was a few months old, we placed her in a gizmo where she was able to sit up. Thinking it was fun, I stuck the suction cup of the toy in the middle of my forehead and bent over near my daughter who then grabbed the toy and pulled we both had fun until i removed the toy from my forehead and my wife shrieked with laughter (laughs) i had a perfect circle imprinted right smack dab in the middle of my forehead when my daughter pulled the toy the suction pulled all the blood to the surface (laughs) of my skin leaving a hickey The dress code at work was shirt and tie, no hats. For two weeks, I had to walk around with an inch circumference hickey on my forehead without an opportunity to cover it up. Oh my gosh, that would be horrible. <laughs> I got locked in the lo- lobby of my office building on a Friday night. This was in the days before cell phones. I pounded on the door for a while, but no one heard me. Finally, I was able to pick the lock. My coworker's wife and kids visited the office. After they left, I turned, looked at him, and said, I want to have your babies. I meant that I wanted to babysit them, but it came out completely wrong. (laughs) (laughs) This one cracks me up. My boss faked a punch to my side as he was walking by me. I braced for the punch and out squeaked a fart. I worked in retail and got food poisoning on Thanksgiving. I tried to call in sick to work the next day, Black Friday. The boss didn't believe me. Fifteen minutes into my shift, I was helping a couple with questions on a new TV. I ended up vomiting on the wife's designer shoes. Now, see, I wouldn't have went. I wouldn't have went to work. Yeah, I mean... eh. I took an Ambien on a red-eye flight. It didn't wear off by the time I had to go into work the next day. I barely remember any of the day I was a total zombies. My emails and messages made no sense. (laughs) (laughs) 
I drove an hour and a half from Virginia to Maryland for work one day, a typical commute in a greater D.C. area. When I was getting out of the car, I realized I had no shoes on. I like to walk and drive with bare feet, and usually I have a pair of shoes in my car, but that day I didn't find any shoes. I was working as a psychotherapist in a psychiatrist clinic, and my first patient appointment was about to start. I had no choice but walked into the packed waiting room. I pretended all was normal, called my first appointment patient's name. I smiled, shook hands with her, and led her into my office. Throughout the whole day, I talked with patients, walked around the office barefoot. My heart pounded nervously, but I gave no visible signs that I was utterly embarrassed. <laughs> I acted as if all was normal, and no one, not even my coworkers, mentioned a word about me not having shoes on the whole day. <laughs> they probably didn't even notice. Probably not. I'm assuming this person had socks on. Yeah. And I if they had so. socks, then yeah. no one no one looks at your feet yeah. really, you yeah. know. <laughs> That's hilarious though. <laughs> there was free food in the office kitchen once. I grabbed some. On my way back to the desk, I tripped over my own foot in front of my colleagues. Don't worry, I saved the food. <laughs> After repeated errors and repeated retraining, it was time to part ways with an employee who was not quite up to her specific tasks assigned to her. I emailed HR, explained my situation, and requested that they send me the specific process of terminating her employment. She had a uniquely spelled first name, so I used Outlook to find out how to spell her name correctly, forgot to take her name off the email, the email went to her. Oops. Oh. <laughs> she quit by the end of the day. Oh, that's not good. No. <laughs> Poor girl. Yeah. I showed up to make a major presentation to an audience of 230 people wearing two different colored shoes. <laughs> no one probably noticed. And my last one. I was in a very long meeting after breakfast one day. After some scones and coffee, I was ready to hit the bathroom. After the meeting, I quickly ran to my desk to check some emails before doing so. As I sat, I caught some quick gastrointestinal relief with a long, gassy, silent fart. Little did I know, a female colleague had followed me back from the meeting to discuss a few more things. The stench floating in the vicinity of my desk was nothing short of horrid. <laughs> the look on her face when she actually caught whiff of this thing was one of pure shock and horror, <laughs> almost like she had just been struck physically. <laughs> she tried to talk for a few seconds without breathing, but we both knew what the situation was. She quickly ended the conversation and went back to her desk. Even though we were mid-project together, we didn't really speak much after that. <laughs> Actually, oh. a few months later, she left the company and never stopped by to say goodbye. <laughs> it's a natural function. Come on. But sometimes it's just too bad. <laughs> it's just too bad to deal with. <laughs> All right. Well, I did, I guess, just spooky stories whatever okay we moved to a small beach town about four years ago became friends with our neighbors and enjoyed the more relaxed and slowed down lifestyle that a small beach town offers nothing spooky here the only thing off about it was the drug problem in the neighborhood we'd occasionally see people passed out behind the wheel of their cars one time we found a note in our bushes imploring us to give back my children i have several young ones and that he, she, they, the writer of the note, was coming back to get them. Weird and worth a call to the local sheriff's department, but that was it. 
About a year ago, or maybe longer, since I think it was mid-pandemic, my incredibly capable and stout-hearted neighbor, I'll call her Mary, knocked on my door and asked me out to the middle of the street to talk. She then apologized to me and asked if we were all right. Surprised, I said, yeah, we're okay, why? Mary is a no-nonsense, second-generation German-American, about 65, works all day in her garden, taught for 40 years, and is phased by nothing. She says sorry because she didn't get to talk to us last night or check on us during all the commotion, and that it wasn't very neighborly of her, but it was just so late and her nerves were frazzled. I told her that nothing happened last night and that there was nothing to apologize for. That's when I see another neighbor, Ron, from her block over, walking up to us. Unbelieving, she says, what? I could have sworn I saw you outside last night during the commotion. Ron, not his real name, now right next to us, says, dude, how could you not have heard it? Apparently, the night before, around 1 a.m., Mary heard a loud booming coming from her front room. Like all houses on our street that face the coast, hers is dominated by a large picture window that overlooks the hill down towards the water. Thinking it was just sonic booms or artillery testing, we lived next to a military base. Rattling the window, she didn't think much of it. Much of it. However, after a while, Mary said she thought the booms were getting louder and that they might break the window, so she got up. When she walked from the back bedroom, she shares with her husband, who was still asleep, into her front room and turned on the light, the booming on the window stopped. She noticed after turning on the light that her front picture window now seemed to be covered in mud. After looking around for a few seconds, seeing nothing, she turned off the lights and headed back to bed, again phased by nothing. As soon as the house was dark, the booming started again, this time coming from the front door. Inset slightly from the window, the front door has a tall, thin window next to it that allows you to see who's on, who's in the inset. In the dark, Mary said she peeked through the window and saw movement. Immediately awake, she went back to the bedroom to get her husband. Now Mike, not his real name, is an old-school beach bum and firefighter, has seen it all, and has no, no time for nonsense. So Mike gets up, foregoes getting the guns that Mary says he has, after all, this is a nice beach town, and walks with Mary behind him to the front door. Carrying just a tennis racket, Mike turns on all the inside lights as well as the porch and outside lights. As soon as all the lights are on, Mary screams. All the stuff on the front window that she thought was mud gets lit up, but it's not mud. It's blood. Hundreds of bloody handprints of someone banging on the front window. And now that banging was coming from the front door. Mary tells Mike not to open the fucking door and picks up the phone to call 911. At this point, two things happen. Mike opens the door, and the person at the front door starts screaming. Mary says that all she could hear was, and I fucking kid you not, help me, help me, they took my kids and are eating my face. They're eating my face. Through the crack in the chain door, Mike is now looking at a woman, or what he thought was a woman, with long black hair, covered in blood, and pounding on the door. Help me, help me. They've stolen my kids and are trying to eat my face, was all this person kept saying. Mary said that there was so much blood on this person that she couldn't tell what he, she looked like. And what they at first thought was long dark hair was actually blood pouring in riv- rivulets from their scalp. Ugh. Here's the kicker. 
Mary, now on the phone with the sheriff, starts relaying the, to them what's going on. And this is what the sheriff says back. Ma'am, we're aware of the situation and are handling it. How exactly are you fuckily, fucking handling this, she says. The 911 operator tells her that the sheriff and deputies are on the street in front of her house and are monitoring the situation. This is when Ron jumps in. Apparently, this truly disturbed person has been going to every house on his block and our block, pounding on the windows and doors while screaming the same thing. Basically, that someone stole their children and was trying to eat their face. While the fucking cops following followed them from a distance, they had hit at least ten houses with this same shit. What the fuck? For some reason, the sheriffs decided to take the person into custody right before they reached our house. I have several young kids, as well as a large old picture window that surely would have broken after a few good slaps. That morning, Mary shows Ron and I her front door and window. So much blood. There was never any follow-up from the sheriffs as to who the bloody person was or what eventually happened to them. The only thing we ever heard was that it was someone known to them and that drugs were involved. Oh my god. Where was all the blood coming from? I don't know. That is fucking crazy. And that they would just sit there and watch this go on? That's That's like horrifying. Yeah. In the middle of the night to wake up to that? Yeah. What What a bunch of fucking assholes. Every summer, my wife's family spends two weeks at a lakeside cabin that they share with other members of the extended family. The cabin was built by my wife's grandfather and sits at the end of a dead-end road. Beyond the street's end is a dense wooded area. I've only ventured back there one time where we found an old abandoned cabin. The family cabin has just two bedrooms. The kitchen and a living room slash dining room make an L-shape that wrap around the bedrooms, bordering two sides, two sides of the cabin. The living room slash dining room has a screen door on each end, one leading to the lake at the front and the other the driveway in the back. The exterior wall of the living room has windows end to end. As you can imagine, the two bedrooms get crowded quickly when adult children and their families are all staying there at the same time. I have sleep issues, including insomnia and sleep apnea. I stopped using the CPAP because having my mouth and nose covered gave me panic attacks. Probably the only sleep issue I've ever had is sleepwalking. One night at the cabin, I was tossing and turning and decided to go to sleep on the couch in the living room slash dining room so my restlessness and snoring wouldn't bother the other three people in the bedroom. I was al- it was already after dark, so I left the wall of windows uncovered. I scrolled through my phone and until I felt tired enough to fall asleep. The next day, we were all enjoying the lake, and I took several photos with my phone. Later, I was going through my photos and noticed one I didn't recognize. I opened it and found a photo that appeared to have been taken in the dark with a flash. There was a mayfly illuminated by the flash. Then I saw it. Behind the mayfly was a glimpse of my car's driver's side window, or mirror, and part of the driver's door window. It had been taken at 1.42 a.m. the night before. My car was parked directly outside the wall of windows where I had been sleeping. Uh, what? That's creepy. I don't understand. It's like someone took their phone in the middle of the night and took a photo while they were asleep. 
out the window well it like was, they were in the room that that person was yeah in? Okay. it was in their car was in the background and the only way the card would be in the background was if they took it in that room mm. what's a mayfly i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what that is okay and i think this is my last one this happened to me the summer I turned 11 and is one of the scariest, weirdest things I've ever experienced. I'd think it was a nightmare, except at the end, there was another witness. That summer, my parents sold our very regular one-story house and bought a much larger, incredibly unique house in the next town over. The architect who'd built it used all kinds of old, reclaimed materials, and almost all of the windows were antique stained glass that came from England. That sounds fucking awesome. It does. The outside had a wide, rough cedar planks instead of regular siding, and my brother and I learned early not to run our hands over them as, or we'd get splinters. It was the coolest house I ever lived in. My room was also huge. It had its own bathroom and a walk-in closet. There were two large stained glass windows facing out towards the street, but at an angle. These windows were deeply recessed under the roof line. It was Florida, and this kept the scorching hot sun from shining directly into any of the rooms. When we moved in, my mom put my bed against the inner wall facing the windows. Again, coolest, most beautiful, most original house I've ever lived in. Our parents didn't tell us about the house until the deed was done. Then they took us over there to see it, and we were so excited. It it just seemed so huge and, and exotic and grand. We moved in and my brother and I spent the summer exploring the neighborhood, which was a lot older than the one we moved from, with a bunch of cool older houses in it, and trying to meet some kids, which we did. And when we did, we found out why our parents got a great price. The guy who built the house, who was a well-known local architect who'd built quite a few unusual, unique homes in the area, was also a convicted pedophile. He built the house we bought not long after he got out of prison for his wicked deeds. All the kids in the neighborhood knew about it from their parents, and when they found out which house we lived in, oh boy, you live in the haunted house? (laughs) The guy who built your house is a pervert and went to jail for it, etc., etc. We got big eyes at the pervert revelation, but snorted at the haunted house one. Since no one lived in the house before us, what exactly was haunting it? I mean, it looked like it could be haunted, but it was also technically brand new, reclaimed materials or not. I also happened to read the Amityville Horror that summer, long before it was debunked as fake. I've always loved scary stories, ghost stories, stuff that scares people, and never felt especially scared or freaked out myself. But for some reason, that stupid, fake-ass book scared the shit out of me, resulting in my developing some serious sleep issues that summer. It didn't help that we were in a huge, strange house that I wasn't used to yet, and also because the house had so much wood inside and outside of it that every room had a smoke alarm with a red light that was really noticeable at night. The one in my room was on the wall right next to the closet, and after reading that dumb book, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and see the red light and immediately think of Jody, the pig demon thing, (laughs) with red glowing eyes the daughter in the book saw. And I'd lay there thinking about the book and freaking out about the light. It usually took me hours to relax enough to get back to sleep. I always hated that, by the way. Yeah. I'm not a pig demon. 
They could have picked any other name in the fucking world. <laughs> anyway. This happened almost every night. Then one night, I woke up needing to go to the bathroom. Did it. Got back in bed. And then lay there looking at that light and wishing for the millionth time I'd never read that damn book. It was after 2 a.m., the whole house is silent, and I was really not jazzed that the rest of my family was on the other side of the house, which isn't that far in the daytime, but seems like miles in the dead of night. Then I saw something in the window out of the corner of my eye, and holy God, there was what looked like a human head peering in the window in the window at me. Two stories up, a head looking in. Okay, this next part is difficult to write because it was so fucking weird and I really don't like remembering it. The windows of my room were very large, a two-part design where the larger lower half was a rectangle topped by smaller sideways rectangle intersected by a thick wooden frame. My mom put in shutters on the lower half and sheer curtains on the top half. Some parts of the windows were clear like regular glass, some thick wavy glass, and some colored glass. When you looked through them, you'd get a distorted view of the outside, some clear and some not. So the head, or whatever it was, wasn't easy to see except as a shape. It kept rising up above the shutters like it was trying to see into the room, then would sink back down. I have no idea how long it was doing that before I noticed it. My first thought was that someone was standing on a ladder trying to see inside, but if that was the case, then either the ladder was propped against the window glass below, or the person was very tall. But then the head shape did something so horrible, so strange, I almost screamed out loud. It had been peeping up from below the shutters like a regular person would, but then it disappeared, and when it reappeared, it was looking in from the side. Like whatever it was changed position, it was suspended sideways in the recess, which was impossible. What? I'm trying to think how that would look. All thoughts of weird dude on ladder flew out of my head and bad, bad thoughts about demons and monsters flew in. I lay there in absolute terror, watching as the figure would appear and disappear, Sometimes from the left, sometimes from the right, then most horribly upside down as if whatever was on the roof hanging over and looking in. Except again, these windows were in deep recesses and the head was right next to the glass, meaning it was clinging, or God help me, floating right outside. At some point, I realized I could hear it as well. It made this faint scratching sound as it moved around, sounding just like when squirrels skim scramble around on the cedar planks. I couldn't see any facial features, and it didn't look like it had hair, but it definitely had an oval-shaped head. I don't know how long I lay there, scared to death and watching this thing look in my room, but then, having no idea what was happening, my brother walked in to use my bathroom. One of the less convenient features of this house was that his bathroom was actually located off the laundry room on the first floor, and he didn't like walking through a huge dark house in the middle of the night, so he used mine instead, which was fine with me and especially welcome at that moment because it broke the strange spell. I screamed at the top of my lungs. The thing disappeared with a loud scratching noise like it had claws that slipped off the cedar planks. And my brother said, what was that? I started crying. What was that? My brother kept asking, and he was almost as shaken up as I was. 
He told me later that the minute he walked into the room, he knew something fucked up was going on as the hair on his arms stood straight up. I spent the rest of the night sleeping in his room on his spare twin bed. The next day, we went outside and looked all around, but there was no sign of anything. No marks in the ground if there was a ladder. No marks on the side of the house. No evidence at all that something had been crawling around my window trying to see in. We never told our parents. They weren't the kind of people who believed in the supernatural and would have dismissed it as a nightmare. And it was the sign to and it was the kind of soul-scarring experience that would be made so much worse for being dismissed out of hand as imagination, when I knew it really happened. Nothing like it ever happened again. We lived in that house for years, and everything was fine. But I wasn't taking any chances either. The next day, I rearranged my entire bedroom so that my bed was now between the windows. Uh, yeah, I didn't <laughs> think that was a good move. I don't think I would want to do that. <laughs> And I moved my dresser and mirror to a position where the mirror didn't face the windows either, so I wouldn't wake up and see something looking in reflected in the mirror. I also put a piece of tape over the red light in the, in the smoke alarm, much to my stepfather's annoyance. I told him it kept me up at night, which wasn't a lie. That's creepy. So I Gollum was on their freaking house? I don't know. I would not put my bed right by the windows no. after seeing something like that absolutely not I would, it would be looking at your the back of your head then it would be right there yeah it would be right there no, no. way that's creepy no way <laughs> okay so i have some glitch in the matrix stories Ooh, i like these one day i was walking to work and all of a sudden had the urge to walk a different path than usual i worked downtown in a big city it was a strange spur-of-the-moment urge to walk in a different way that changed my life forever. I turned into an alley I'd never seen before. As I remember it, I made it about 15 feet or so when the actual glitch happened. Everything in my mind scrambled. I felt like I didn't have a body anymore, just that I was a semi-conscious entity floating through the, some weird dimension. All of a sudden, in an array of different colors and shapes, a vision came to me. It was a bunch of strange-looking people that my mind resembled businessmen in suits. They looked startled and panicked that I could see them. One of the people made a quick movement and everything turned black. When I regained normality, I was on a completely different street. It was the same street that I always used to work, walk to work on. I felt sick and severely disturbed and depressed. I've never done any hard drugs never experienced any hallucinations, never had anything like this happen to me. The weird thing is, when the glitch was correcting itself and I could see those people watching me like a caged animal, I had a feeling as if I knew I was being controlled. That's weird. Yeah, that's weird. It does. It makes you wonder if we're just like yeah. someone's experiment. We totally could be. We would have no clue. Yeah. Oh my God. About 15 years ago, my friend's parents, Steve and Julie, were woken up around 1 a.m. to a very loud thud that rattled the house. Worried that one of the kids had fallen out of the bunk bed, Steve went downstairs to check on them, but all three kids were sound asleep and safe in their beds. Julie told Steve to check the house in case of intruders, so Steve checked the doors and windows before going outside to take a look. After 10 minutes of investigating the noise, Steve came across nothing unusual and went back inside to go to bed. He found his wife absolutely worried sick and she was demanding to know where the hell he had gone and what happened. 
Confused and tired, Steve told her he found nothing and tried to calm her down before Julie pointed out that it was now 4 a.m. and he had been missing for three hours. Julie had even gone outside to check on him and he was nowhere to be found and didn't respond to her calling his name. Unable to figure out what happened, they returned to bed and slept until Steve had to get up for work in a few hours. Steve owns a painting business, and a couple of hours after working on a house, he noticed his eyes started to feel itchy, then his eyes started to burn, then after a couple hours, his eyes burned so badly that he was holding his eyelids open as to not blink because it felt like his eyelids were sandpaper against his eyes. His employees rushed him to the hospital, and Steve was treated for second-degree flash burns on his eyes. He was told his burns were equivalent to staring at a welder's torch without protection for an extended period of time. His eyes were treated, and he was lucky to have his vision fully restored. Huh. That's weird. That is. Next one, I have a a sleep tracking app on my phone that has a setting for lucid dreaming. It will start saying, you are dreaming repeatedly in a woman's voice with a bit of an echo. I was at work one day when I started hearing the voice randomly every few minutes or so. I checked my phone, and as soon as the screen turned, I woke up in my bed and the sun was rising. A bit freaked out, I went to take a shower. Then on my way to work, I started to hear the voice again through the radio. When I turned the car off, a bit freaked out again, I once more woke up in my bed as the sun was rising. This happened about three or four more times, all at different times of the quote-unquote day. I didn't really trust reality for about a week after that and still refused to use that particular setting on the app. That is creepy. (laughs) Super creepy. Uh, When I was a teenager, I had two really intense dreams one night. The first one was about an online friend of mine calling me to say she had broken up with her boyfriend, and I sang a few lines of Seals Don't Cry to her over the phone. The second dream was finding a real-life friend, a dead body floating in her bathtub. Hmm. I didn't think anything of it until I logged online that evening, and the online friend came online and told me her boyfriend broke up with her. I immediately asked if I could call her. She said no. I remember thinking that it meant something, like I could change it. Not long after, my phone rang, and it was a real-life friend from the dream calling me. I was completely freaking out at this point, but talked to her normally. She was just talking about school and such, up until I realized I heard a splash in the background. I asked, are you in the tub? And she said, yes. I felt my heart stop and asked her, what did you do? She didn't answer me right away, and then after a very long pause, she told me she had taken an entire bottle of pills and chased it with mushrooms and vodka. She had gotten scared waiting for it to hit her, so she called me so she could hear someone's voice. I hung up and called 911. By the time they got to her, she was unconscious but alive. Today, she's a mom to a beautiful little girl, but she's okay. And if they didn't have that... What was it, a dream or a vision? A dream. A dream? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. I was driving home from my cabin in northern Wisconsin through the Indian Reservation. There was a man on the side of the road sort of limping along, and I pulled over and asked if he was okay. He said yes, he was fine. He just needed to get home because his wife decided she still loved him. They'd had a fight 
I asked the man where his home was, and surprisingly, it was in the same city where I went to college, about two hours away. I offered him a ride. He didn't talk much. He was tired. When we got into town, he started giving me directions. Just down here. It's close, he said. Take a left at the lights. Okay. Right here, he said, after the white truck. Here, I pulled into the driveway. What? He said he was grinning, like he knew what I was going to say next. I used to live here, I told him. You don't say. Yes, upstairs, apartment number three. Yeah, that's ours. Now he was smiling ear to ear. Small world, he said. He thanked me for the ride and got out of the car and walked through the front door of my old apartment building. I know it was just a coincidence, but it was one of the strangest moments of my life. That is weird. That is weird. (laughs) Two hours away and he happened? Like, what? Yeah, that's strange. Okay, this is my last one. I was 19 and had a weird dream that stood out. My brother and I were walking into a Subway restaurant near where I live, and my head hurt, and my ear was burning. As I entered, I reached into my pocket and withdrew a cross my father gave me that I wear every day around my neck. Then I woke up. The dream was short and made no sense. A few months later, I get into a fight with a guy in our neighborhood. My brother was there with me. Walking away from the scene, we decide to duck into a nearby subway so we can get cleaned up. When I realize the chain I wear my cross on is broken, dangling on either side of my neck. The guy I was fighting had broken it during the fight. The cross is missing. We 180 and go back to the scene and search and find nothing. Back to the subway. By now, a headache has started to set in, and during the fight, the guy grabbed my ear and it was burning. As I stepped into the subway, I I remembered that dream and realized that I was experiencing it in that moment now. That was when I reached into my pocket, and there it was, my cross in the middle of my palm. I had no idea how it got there. It couldn't have fallen in. In fact, it would have made more sense to have been anywhere else, but there it was. Hmm. That's crazy. Okay. is weird though i've never had a dream that like came true or Um, like even close to that yeah me neither that'd be really really fucked up i've had dreams though that felt like movies yeah like i was in a movie yeah i've had those and i hate it when i wake up because it's really cool all right it's time for the witty wrap up yay witty wrap up i just did uh jokes okay this time A little old lady has a husband whose farting has gotten ridiculous. Especially at night, in bed, it's gotten way out of hand. Angrily, she tells him he's got to do something about it. Or one of these days, he's going to fart his insides out. He ignores her pleas, and every night the farting gets worse. I'll show him, she thinks. The next morning, she wakes up early and creeps to the kitchen. She gets the gizzards and inner turkey parts she was going to give to their cat and instead silently places them on the bed next to her husband. A little while later, her husband comes into the kitchen and he looks upset. I guess you were right after all, Agnes. I farted my guts out overnight. (laughs) Agnes feigned innocence, asking, maybe it's time to talk to the doctor about this. Nah, her husband replied, I'll be okay. I just stuffed them back in. (laughs) (laughs) It's all right. (laughs) A man goes to the zoo, but there's only one animal there. The animal is a dog. It's a shit zoo. (laughs) 
an elephant walked up to a man on a nudist beach and asked, how do you eat with that? (laughs) (laughs) Three old ladies sitting on a beach. Oh, wait, let me start over. Okay. Three old ladies sitting on a bench in the park. A completely naked man runs past them. Two of them had a stroke. One wasn't fast enough. Aww. Dang it. That would have been me. Like, wait. Wait for me. I missed. Just come back around. I'll be ready this exactly. time. I'll be waiting. Right here. <laughs> A lady goes to the doctor with a lettuce leaf sticking out of her knickers. The doctor says, oh, this is a strange one. The lady says, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. That's so stupid. I know. (laughs) Two guys are walking down the street and come upon a dog licking his balls. One guy says to the other, I wish I could do that. The other guy replies, I'd pet him first. <laughs> At least let him sniff your hand. <laughs> it's like, you know, you buy a dinner first, but with a dog. Right. You know. <laughs> a man goes to the hospital and says, doctor, doctor, I have the worst symptoms. I've had what's new pussycat stuck in my head for weeks. The doctor says, it sounds like you have a case of Tom Jones syndrome. The man asks, is that common? And the doctor replies, it's not unusual. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, that was bad. (laughs) Wife, I'm pregnant. Husband, hi, pregnant. I'm dad. Wife, no, you're not. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) today on a drive i decided to go visit my childhood home i asked the people living there if i could come inside because i was feeling nostalgic but they refused and slammed the door in my face my parents are the worst The doctor gave me one year to live, so I shot him with my gun. The judge gave me 15 years. Problem solved. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah, don't work like that. No. (laughs) Not at all. My senior relatives liked to tease me at weddings, saying things like, you'll be next. They stopped once I started doing the same thing to them at funerals. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry and I apologize mean the same thing, except at a funeral. I don't get it. Well, if you say I'm sorry to someone at a funeral, then you're sorry. If you apologize, it's like you did something that you shouldn't have. (laughs) Thanks for explaining. You're welcome. What is the worst combination of illnesses? Alzheimer's and diarrhea. You're running but can't remember where. Oh, shit. 
That's horrible. That's going to be me. Oh, no. <laughs> You're halfway there. Where am I going? I forgot. I knew I came here for something. What does one saggy boob say to the other saggy boob? If we don't get some support, people will think we're nuts. <laughs> it's no good. <laughs> and my last one. How does a woman scare gynecologists? By becoming a ventriloquist. So <laughs> that is impressive. That would be hilarious. <laughs> That's all I got. All right. Thank you for listening. Send in your stories. We need them. Ghoulsnightoutpodcast at gmail.com. You can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen. And we will talk to you next week. Later. Bye.